everybody and welcome into the PHNX Suns podcast. I'm Lindsay, that's Saul, that's Gerald, that's Espo. And yes, before you ask, we are live today. <laughs> Sorry for everyone we disappointed yesterday, but we had um, some things to do. Yeah, so calm down, Chris. We're here. Yes, I promise. We're, <laughs> we're here. here. We missed you just as much as you guys missed us, but we're so glad that you watched the show anyway. Um, except for you, Hello, who dipped out. Rude. And just know, <laughs> we took notes. Is Hello even here anymore? Um, they were here, here yesterday. Yeah, and then they saw it wasn't live and they bounced. So. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Okay. So you're on the list. Just so you know. <laughs> you're on the list. Chelsea's <laughs> list. <laughs> Did you guys have fun yesterday? I had a blast. Yeah, and a yes. good time. That was a good way to celebrate two years of uh, of whatever yeah. the hell this is we're doing. Exactly. So. so that's the reason why we weren't here with you guys. We were having a team outing to celebrate our two-year anniversary. Yeah. Um, so... Hopefully you guys can forgive us. We got for to watch a movie during work. What did you get to do? <laughs> it we was did. pretty cool. They watched us during work. That's what they did. <laughs> That's also pretty cool. So it's good for you guys. Uh, really good. Okay. Let's dive into today's discussion. We are going to continue our conversation around contenders across the NBA that might be in the sun's way to winning a championship. Today, we are going to be discussing the Boston Celtics. We'll take a look at some of their notable acquisitions and some of their notable losses. MF, you want to put that graphic on the screen? Their key addition, Kristaps Porzingis, of course. Then you've got key losses, Danilo Gaunari, Blake Griffin, Marcus Smart, Grant Williams. How big of a loss do you think some of these guys are, specifically Marcus Smart and Grant Williams? I mean, listen, Marcus Smart and Grant Williams provided quite a bit to the Celtics the last couple of years. Grant Williams really came on strong last year. Um, I think he had his best season as a Celtic um, last year. And, and in the playoffs, he, he had some some really good games. Um, Marcus Smart has always been kind of the heart and soul defensively for that mm-hmm. team. Uh, I, I really do wonder how that's all going to transpire now that, you know, you brought in Chris Stops and you lost two really core pieces of your franchise um, moving forward. So I, I I think there's a lot of question marks for the Celtics. Right, can they be as dominant as they have shown glimpses of, or will they be the more inconsistent part of that where, you know, their lows have been kind of low. Their highs have been very high. Uh, at one point last year when they housed us here in Phoenix, uh, they were easily the best team in the league. And then they kind of went through it a little bit. They got to the playoffs, and then they got upset by the heat. And so – I don't know. I don't know what to think of the Celtics, to be honest with you. I I feel like they, I mean, they were the number two defense in the league last year. They were elite on that end. They were also the number two offense in the league. So they were good on both sides of the floor. And it feels like with this move that they made to bring Porzingis in, they're trading a lot of that defensive versatility and toughness for offensive firepower. And you could see it in the playoffs. They could have used an option, a third option like a Porzingis or just a big who was more of a threat. But I don't know if they got better with this deal. I think they have a little bit more firepower now because Porzingis is a good pick-and-pop threat. He was really good in post-up situations last year, so it's nice to have another offensive hub. But like we're talking about Smart, who was a defensive player of the year two years ago, one of the most versatile players on that end, and Grant Williams, who was kind of like a Swiss Army knife type guy for them on both ends of the floor. I don't know if they got better, especially because they, you know, Malcolm Brogdon had an injury that he was dealing with over the summer. 
Like they're going to need guys to step up for sure. This smacks of a team that's been together and didn't get over the hump, and they have to just make some kind of move to say we made a move to try to to try to get in, in back into the finals and, and winning a championship this time. And I think losing Marcus Smart will hurt them, but I also think their attempt to trade Malcolm Brogdon as part of that three-team deal, is going to backfire on him, too, because he's not happy still. There's a report that came out two days ago that he's upset with the organization, that talks haven't, uh, uh, communication between the two haven't been great exactly. So now you've dealt the, a guy that many viewed as your heart and soul, one of your <laughs> one of your primary point guards, mm-hmm. and the guy you were expecting to, to fill that role is now p- subsequently pissed off because you almost dealt him in a similar deal. So that to me is a situation to monitor in Boston is how does, how does that play out? Does, does Brogdon come in, come in healthy and put all that aside? Or is this something that lingers? Because as we know, locker room issues can, can fester and cause problems for a team that has championship hopes. And I wonder how that would be, especially without one of your key locker room guys in Marcus Spart not being there anymore. So. Yeah, I mean, those are all fair questions. It's it's interesting, though, because there are still a lot of questions around the Celtics, like what you brought up, Espo, and also when you look at Kristaps Porzingis and just how exactly does that fit, right? That's been the question mark all summer is what does that look like on this Boston Celtics team? But despite all of that, they're still one of looked at as one of the top few teams in the league right now. But, you know, this is this is going to be – Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown's kind of uh, ultimate moment Mm -hmm. because they are going to have to take that leadership position. And it's got to be obvious, like, because if this thing runs off the rails, those are the two guys they're going to point to to say you guys lost control because superstars, especially strong superstars in the league, don't let that kind of shit happen. Um, And the DNA that you've kind of uh, you kind of split up. Uh, by losing Marcus Smart and Grant Williams and replacing him with Christoph Sverzingas. Listen, Christoph Sverzingas is not a dominant personality. You know what I mean? Like, he's he's a good player, very good player. Um, but even he has shown some inconsistencies from time to time. Um, that's the reason why he's he's moved several different spots is because the, the level of expectation you have for a guy that can shoot from the perimeter, that's seven feet tall, can play down low, is, is, is a very, very high. And he because of the inconsistency, has not met that expectation enough for a team to say he's untradeable. And so he keeps getting moved. And I want to know, is, is he going to be, is he finally going to reach that moment? You know, everybody keeps talking about Bull Bull. Like we talked to Adam Mares the other day and they said, you know, uh, he, was, he was saying that, you know, a scouting league said typically once you hit your third team, that's the team that you're probably going to get the most out of. Um, uh, and so in, in reference to Bull Bull, I wonder if Kristaps, this is his fourth team, isn't it? It's his fourth team. Yeah. So mm-hmm. never mind. He had a good season <laughs> last year, though. He, 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 did good last year. he did. Year three, though. he had a very good season. So or not year a three. A change team of three. scenery mm-hmm. can be exactly what was needed in order to get you to that next level. But when you look at Kristaps too, and this not like putting the blame on him, team game, of course, he's only had ten games in the playoffs throughout his career. So it's not like he's even a proven playoff yeah. guy. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So there's question marks there too. Can we talk about the dinosaur in the room, though? Al Horford, who's a year younger than you me, is, is their starting center. Oh. At some point, Al Horford's got to fall off the cliff, right? 
like the the guy has been in the league forever, and and to have him at making twenty seven million as the starting center on a team that feels like they're at least one of two serious contenders in the East. At some point, I feel like that's that's got to give too. I I vehemently disagree with you on that because thirty eight because so. Al Horford. If you look at Al Horford from day one to right now, the body movement is relatively the same. It's relatively the same. He wasn't the most athletic guy coming out of college. Mm-hmm. He plays pretty low to the ground. He's always had that kind of old man strength. So nothing has really changed in all these years of Al Horford. He is one of the most intelligent basketball players that has ever played the game because he knows how to use his body. He knows how to use leverage. He's smart. He, he understands how to move in the system. Like he has maximized his potential to the nth degree. I don't, I thought the same thing at some point he's going to tail off. I don't think his tail off is going to be as significant as, as other players. So I think, honestly, I would love to have Al Horford on the Suns. You just described Chris Paul though, too. Never an overly athletic guy. I, all these things, and he fell off. The remind cliff remind the me again. Um, how many games has Al Horford missed in the playoffs? I'm just I'm just saying. At some point, Father Time wins, and at 38, it would not shock me if this is the time that Father Time defeats Al Horford. I, I mean, we we saw signs of him not being able to be as efficient in the playoffs. Um, it could just be a bad playoff run, but like you see, he just turned 37 in June. Um, he averaged just under seven points a game, seven rebounds, shot 39% overall and 30% from three. So it really wasn't great for him on that end. Defensively is where they need him, but you kind of need contributions on both ends of the floor. If he's in a starting role, you're probably in trouble. If he's a guy that you're bringing off the bench, you would like to have a vet of that caliber at that point. But he did start all 20 games in the playoffs for them. So I don't I don't know. How many games? 20. Uh. So I don't know, like bringing Porzingis into the picture, does that change whether he's a starter or not? I don't know. Um, but well, he, but they are they did get older. I think for Tatum and Brown, that's a good thing. And for some of these other guys, not really so much. I, I love the fact I was looking at the Celtics uh, starting lineup and they already have Kristaps Porzingis listed as day-to-day. <laughs> Well, yeah, he did have. Uh, what did he have? He had some serious uh, injury already that he had to get addressed in the off season. Um, I forgot what it was. I love that Gerald takes it all serious. I'm just Making laughing jokes. because we we were talking about he's injury prone. Yeah. He's the one guy listed. Um, but Laking Ball in the chat mentions that they may not go with Horford, and this has been something that a lot of Celtics people have discussed over the off season as well. Is you know, will they give Robert Williams a little bit more of a look? Health aside, obviously, all things considered with that situation. But do they kind of mix it up a little bit and maybe have him start a little bit more instead of Al Horford so that you can preserve him a little bit because of how old he is? And that's what Laking Ball in the chat is saying. That's the lineup that they'll probably go for. Um, Listen, if you have Al Horford coming off your bench, you're going to be okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, And Robert Williams is a really good defensive player, like Mm -hmm. outstanding, but he can never stay healthy. He's had knee problems. He's had issues Mm -hmm. left and right, it feels like. you know, and so I, I don't know what to expect from the Celtics. I feel like there's a lot more variable um, with the Celtics right now than than in years past. In years past, you're waiting for this young team to kind of mature and get to get to to reach those championship aspirations. They came close against the Warriors, um, and then last year they kind of took a step back. 
uh, because of inconsistency. Again, you know, they had phenomenal games against the 76ers. Then they had terrible games against the 76ers. They managed to get past that. Then they had really good games against the Heat, and you thought, oh, man, there's no way that they can lose this series. And then they had horrible games against the Heat, and then they lost the series. So, like, I, I think the inconsistency and then trading for a guy who's also been inconsistent at times of his career, I don't know how that's all going to work. Yeah. And looking at it from Sun Celtics, if we're extrapolating this is a team that could be in their way, I would take Beal, Durant, and Booker over Tatum, Brown, and Porzingis any day if we're just looking at pure talent. I, I think the Suns three are superior to the Celtics three in that way. I think so too. I think the fit is a little easier with Boston because you're dealing with two perimeter guys and one big man as opposed to three perimeter guys. But I, I do think when you, I think we're all in agreement that those three on the Suns are going to figure it out because all three of them can play on or off the ball. They can make plays with the ball in their hand individually, create for others. They can be threats off the ball to space the floor. Like I, I do think they'll figure it out, but I think the fit from the start with the Celtics might be a little more seamless just because of the sheer fact one of them's a pick and pop big and that's always pretty easy to fit along with. The one thing that you can say about both teams, the Celtics and the Suns, is that I think a lot of people are really looking forward to seeing how it all plays out with the new um, acquisitions on each team. And I am in that that group of people as well because it's something that we've been discussing across the NBA all offseason. Like if there's two teams that I feel like have been talked about a lot, on how they're going to put it all together with their new pieces, it's the Boston Celtics and the Phoenix Suns. I don't yeah. think Joe Mazzulla has peaked there. Jan Paul Edwards did the Dios. That was a lot to say. Um, I, I don't feel like Joe Mazzulla has peaked. I feel like he was thrust into a situation and did a very good job. Like mm-hmm. he took over, like literally, like a week before the season started uh, to replace Emi Udoka because of you know the scandal that was going on. And I, I thought he did a very good job. Like he was handed. The keys to a Porsche, mm-hmm. and he had to try to maintain it. And of course, yeah, they they had the unfortunate loss against the Heat for them. Um, but I don't I don't think he did a bad job by any stretch of the imagination. Now, if you're close to the team, you might have a different opinion because there were times throughout the season where things kind of looked a little shaky, and some of the decisions that he was making looked a little iffy, and they didn't work out. And sometimes it just happens. I. I- I shudder to think of the thought that like we could peak in our early 30s on our, fr- our first year on the yeah. job because yeah. I might have already peaked yeah. then. No, no. If that's the case, like, Jerry, damn, he Jerry's also, 35 uh, and he has had one season. Yeah. I don't know about peaking. It can yeah. happen. I peaked at 30. So. Oh, no. <laughs> that's tough. Um, listen, I don't know about when you peak and when you don't, but what I do know is that Fubo TV never peaks. It's consistently good forever and always. Fubo TV is legit, you guys. You can watch all your favorite college football and the NFL. All right, guys, it's now time to welcome in our guest of the day, Mark D'Amico, Celtics in-house analyst and reporter. Mark, thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing today? I'm doing all right. Season's coming in, so I can't complain, right? We're all getting geared up for what really matters here. I'm ready for the summer to be over. Yes, I think we are all in agreement there. It's been a what feels like a really long off season, and I don't know if it's just because we got spoiled last year with all the Kevin Durant drama that was going on <laughs> during the off season. Um, but yes, we are all very excited for this upcoming season. I want to get your thoughts on just kind of what your expectations are for the Celtics this year with all the moves that were made in the off season. Yeah, I mean, I think expectations every season here in Boston are the same as 
compete for championships, be in the mix, try to bring Banner 18. Um, and some years it's not realistic. I think last year, the year before, this year, it is realistic, right? Like this team is built to compete. Um, I thought what they did during the offseason really upgraded the top of their roster, and that's not saying anything negative about Marcus Smart. He brings a lot to the table, but you bring in a guy like Kristaps Porzingis and you just up the ante in terms of talent that can take over a game during a postseason. Uh, and so I think that it's championship. I wouldn't say championship or bust, but those are definitely the expectations here in Boston is that they're going to be in the mix. Now, every year, as you guys know, uh, you went to the finals a couple of years ago, you need a little bit of luck. You need things to roll your way. That doesn't happen every year. But if you're in the mix, you at least give yourselves a shot. And I think that's what the team thinks they did during the offseason. You know, obviously we could talk about the the moves, but, uh, you know, Jalen Brown uh, obviously is going to be a huge part of this. How have you seen his development? Now he's got the big contract. He's got rewarded for that. What are the, the level of expectation for the Celtics in terms of not only his leadership, but also Jason Tatum's leadership as you guys move forward? Because without Marcus Smart in the mix, um, that was a big, a big heavy leadership, uh, you know, chip that you guys just lost. Yeah, I think you said it right there, right? Like Marcus Smart was the leader. He was the, the longest tenured Celtic. Now the longest tenured Celtic is Celtic is the guy you just mentioned, Jalen Brown, which is that blows my mind that Jalen Brown <laughs> is, is the longest tenured Celtic now, but that's that's what it is. And so with, with Marcus Smart not here anymore, uh, I, I actually think this is part of the calculated, and I don't know this for sure, but I would imagine this is part of the calculated decision-making that was going through Brad Stevens' mind on draft night. Am I going to make this trade? Am I not? I think part of the positive is that, you know, it, it, it's no good to lose Marcus Smart. But without him here any longer, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown have to step into that leadership role. And, and they have been leaders in their own way over the past few seasons, but this just opens the door wide open for them to be the leaders of this team. Um, so I, I think they both know and they both understand that those expectations are here now. Uh, we're going to hear them talk about it in the next couple of weeks on media day, but everyone expects them to up the ante from a leadership perspective. That doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be screaming at people on the court or whatever it is. That That's not necessarily who Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are. But I, I think that they will be speaking a little bit more than they have been maybe behind closed doors and maybe you do see a little bit of a nudge out there on the court where they are a little bit more vocal but i don't expect these guys to be screaming at anyone <laughs> out on the court it's just not who they are yeah uh, but you asked about jalen brown in particular like i think that he's primed to take off even more he's gotten better and and this isn't just me saying it uh, this is objective uh information he's gotten better every season of his career I think that's going to continue. At some point, you're going to plateau because you can only get so good. Uh, but I do think he'll get a little bit better. I think he's going to correct some of the turnover things. And, and he's not playing for a contract anymore, right? He's got the contract. That means sometimes you can relax a little bit and just be yourself. And I think that'll help him in the long run. So, Mark, obviously the Suns and Celtics have one thing in common. They both mined the Washington Wizards for a significant piece this summer. I just want to get your thoughts on Kristaps Porzingis and how you see him fitting in with, you know, Tatum and Brown and just the starting lineup in general. Yeah, again, like I said, it's it sucks to not have Marcus Smart in Boston anymore because a lot of people refer to him as the heart and soul of the team. But you get to bring in a guy who has been an all-star and 
he was an all-star before and he had the best season of his career last year. And it was like by far, this guy led the league uh, or he was second in the league in uh, shooting percentage out of the post. The Celtics have not had a post presence since that first go around with Al Horford when he was a little bit younger. They, they just haven't had that element on the offense in, in a good four years or so. Um, so you add that element, then then you've got a guy who can run pick and roll. Now, this is what I'm imagining is that Kristaps Porzingis now can go run a pick and roll with Jason Tatum. And then you've got a guy like Jalen Brown, who's on the opposite wing, being able to catch it and take it off the dribble. That's what you guys are probably thinking, right? When you put your team together and you've got Beal coming in, a guy who can make, make plays off the dribble. Durant can already do that. Um, it, I mean, the, the, the options are endless when you can bounce around with different positions and you, and you mix Aiton in there, um, it just makes the options much more. It's a longer list that Joe Missoula can now call on uh, when he's calling plays in the fourth quarter. And listen, I don't think the Celtics would beat around the bush. They've had some struggles in the fourth quarter over the last couple of years, including during the playoffs. And I think this is going to help them to be able to mix it up a little bit more offensively adding a guy who can score both both score both in the post and on the perimeter, uh, and he's a huge threat going to the rim. You know, it's pretty obvious that the Celtics got better uh, offensively, but are you concerned defensively when you look at Marcus Smart, Grant Williams now gone? Has the identity of this team shifted to more of an offensive team? Uh, I don't think that's the case. I mean – when Joe Missoula took over, he definitely brought in more of an offensive mindset while still prioritizing the defense, but he wanted to shake up the offense. Uh, and so last year, I think some people might say they were more of an offensive team, but they were still top five in offense and defense when all was said and done. Um, I'm not concerned about the defense heading into the season, and, and here's why. The Celtics have only had, I mean, really – Robert Williams, great shot blocker, great rim protector. And Al Horford is certainly a good rim protector in, in his own right. But they've been so reliant on perimeter defensive ability uh, in this all-switch defense that they've been running for the last handful of years that if someone does get beat off the dribble, you're playing against a team like the Suns, you've got multiple guys who can do that, you might be in trouble. So you flip Marcus Smart, a perimeter defender, into an interior rim protecting uh, big man who's seven foot two and averaged almost two blocks per game for his entire career in Christos Porzingis. And I think you give a little to get a little, right? And it's gonna, sh it's gonna shift the defensive identity a little bit uh, where the Celtics are just not gonna have to be as reliant on the perimeter defense uh, and they're gonna have a back line that can help more. So. I don't know uh, what Joe Missoula is going to integrate with this defense, but I would imagine they're going to switch a little bit less and have those guys like Robert Williams and Christos Porzingis hanging in the back a little bit more to be able to protect the rim and force teams to shoot from the perimeter. Again, I don't know that that's going to happen, but if I were the coach, which I'm not, I'm only talking on a podcast right now, but that's probably what I would do. I would give these guys a little bit more opportunity uh, to gamble a little bit knowing that you've got some shot blockers, multiple shot blockers behind you. Mark, in your opinion, what is the Celtics' biggest strength? And then what is their biggest weakness this upcoming season? I mean, from a strength perspective, it's got to be overall talent. I mean, you've got multiple All-NBA guys leading leading the charge, and then you add in other All-Stars. You've got great shooting. Um, Derek White was an all-defensive player. So the talent level is certainly there. 
experience is another strength. Now, the Celtics have not gotten over the hump, but they've got a lot of experience. These guys have been to three, four, uh, five conference finals, gone to an NBA finals. They've got the experience there. So I think those are the two strengths. As far as a weakness, I don't know if I would categorize anything as, an, as a weakness with this team. They're going to be really good on both sides of the ball, just like they were last year. So I don't know if I would call it a weakness. But I think the one area of growth for them uh, is really just figuring it out, right? Like this team has not been able to figure it out when it mattered the most in the last two seasons. You lose, you go up 2-1 in the finals over the Golden State Warriors, you lose three in a row, season over. You go into the conference finals last year against a team that you absolutely should have beat from a talent perspective, you fall behind 3-0 to the Miami Heat. So it's really just putting it all together and figuring it out when it matters the most. We don't know if it's going to happen. We hope it's going to happen here in Boston, but uh, that's the area of growth that I see that they need to take the step in. they got to figure it out. I have another question, but it's not basketball related unless you guys have one. No, I mean, no. the only other basketball question is just like, listen, a lot of people are already speculating that it might be a Celtics Suns finals this year. If that were the case, and I know that you're a Celtics guy and we're <laughs> Suns people, but how do you see that kind of playing out? So here's how I always look at an NBA finals, right? You've got years where one team is just dramatically better than the other, right? Like it, it happens from time to time. You know, the other team's not going to win. One that comes to my mind was, when Miami played Oklahoma, that young Oklahoma City team that was up and coming, you knew who was going to win that series, right, going in. If this happens this year with Phoenix, with multiple Hall of Famers on the roster, playing against the Celtics with multiple likely Hall of Famers on the roster, to me, coin flip. Like, give me a coin, I'll flip it in the air, that's how you're going to decide until they get on the court. Like, I, I don't think anyone can really predict accurately what's going to happen just because both teams – are so loaded going into the season. So I would love to see it. I don't like seeing those NBA finals where one team is way better than the other. I like seeing two great teams uh, that fought their way into the finals, get there and then match up. So I hope that that's what happens. And from there, we just flip the coin and, and sit back, eat the popcorn, have a couple <laughs> beers and see what happens. I mean, it'll definitely be fun. That's that, for sure. That would be pretty awesome. Uh, Ironically enough, I was going to say F Boston to end this because I was going to ask you about winning time. Uh, I, have you watched winning time? And how did you feel? How does this how does the, the vibe in the Celtics building after each episode come across? Because two of those seven episodes ended with an F Boston. Uh, I thought that was pretty crazy. Hey, it can end with F Boston, but it, it, it also ended with the Celtics winning the championship. <laughs> true. Right? So it's I think true. It's true. if they cut it there, which it sounds like they did, I think everyone in Boston is good and happy, and everything that happened before that doesn't really matter. Um, but yeah, I mean, Celtics, Lakers, I mean, we're, we're not allowed to wear purple or gold in this office. I can tell you that right now, right? It's just not allowed. So we're wearing green, we're wearing black, we're wearing white. Uh, and yeah, if the, if the Celtics come out on top to end the series, like, no one in Boston is going to argue with that, right? <laughs> That's why he's a pro, man. That's that was a great answer. Oh, yeah. Mark, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate your insight and uh, all that you shared with us today. Thank you. No doubt. I appreciate you guys having me on. And you know, hopefully we get that Celtics-Suns finals and we can do this again.
Yes. Best of luck to you and the Celtics, except for when you're playing the Suns this season. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We'll see you guys in the season. We'll see you next time. And everyone, be sure to give him a follow on Twitter. You can find him at Mark underscore D'Amico, and that is Mark with a C. I do want to remind you guys that our friends over at Saturday Neon, they've got beautiful, officially licensed collegiate logo LED neon signs. And the best thing is, is when you get one, you get all the bells and whistles and all the things you need to install. So it's easy to install. You get the dimmer, the power, the mounting, all those things. That's not the best thing, Lindsay. What's, What's the, the best, best thing? thing the best thing is that they make a beautiful University of Arizona sign. Mm. That's why. Sure. That's yeah. the best thing. So and sure. a bear down sign. You get two of the best things in life. <laughs> yeah, but they also in have. Life? In life? That's aggressive. Uh, yeah. Saturday Neon, shout out to you. You know what they don't have? But, Sun Devil stuff. Yeah, but you know what they do have? Neon Dion, Colorado. I do. Oh, yeah. well, right now, if you go to SaturdayNeon.com and use code PHNX, you're going to get 10% off your order today. Plus, you'll get free shipping. Uh, for orders over $200. Also, Burrito Express, you know how much we love our friends over at Burrito Express. They are fantastic people. They make fantastic burritos, and we highly recommend you check them out. They've got multiple locations across the valley. The one that we go to the most often is, of course, the one in Tempe, and we love that they support ASU athletics and athletes. Had to make sure that we had an ASU uh, plug there since Saul decided to go all U of A on us. But grab a burrito, check out our friends over at Burrito Express, and give them a follow while you're at it on Twitter at Burrito EXP. You like how we threw shade back and forth there? Or just, don't like, follow them. Changing things around. Sw- swapping it up a <laughs> I don't little care, bit. Angel. <laughs> you know, um, normally... You just threw shade at me. I did. That was the point. Yeah. Normally, I feel like... Pre-shows are usually kind of a little chaotic and funny for us. Mm. Today, Espo threw so much shade at Saul, you guys, and it threw us all for a loop. I'm not bringing it up. I'm just <laughs> saying it was surprising because she normally you don't it. throw shade at Saul. <laughs> hold on, but and we, so it was one of those things where I was like, Espo have you definitely been on this show ever? Pre-show. Not on the true. show, yes. Pre-show, it's usually me and but Gerald being sassy To with be you guys. fair, that came about because we were... Th- all throwing shade at Max. Right. But, and, and so I was just Facts. feeling spicy. He was. Basically, what I'm saying That's is, right. did we all wear our shady rays into the office when we were driving in today and <laughs> wow. it just made us feel real like sassy? <laughs> Because I feel like that's what happened. You know why we wear our shady rays every day we drive into the office? Because of the best sunglasses you can get your hands on. I don't like this segment right He's now. I'm so mad about this segment. <laughs> <laughs> Everything about this segment. has gear that is built to last. We're talking Espo about the premium polarized there, sunglasses. And exclusively for our <laughs> listeners, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com. Use code PHNX for 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself. The shades rated five stars by over two hundred fifty thousand people. Hey Saul, you know what I like to wear when I'm throwing insults out? Shady Ray. That's right. That's right. Uh, Will Captain said, "Ad reads chaotic today." Facts. It's because the technical difficulty threw me for a loop, so I'm just trying to keep my head above water. Excuses. That's right. Rule number seventy six: No excuses. Play like a champion. Mm, I'd have skipped that rule. I was absent mm. that day. Rude. My bad. Okay, so let's put a bow on the Boston Celtics by looking at our meter and determining where we all land as far as the fear factor that the Celtics bring to the table. Are you a Boston accent, Dunkin' Donuts, Goodwill Hunting, or Larry Bird? From least worried to most worried, where do you fall? Um, I'm going to go Goodwill Hunting. Okay. Just because I think 
I think they're a threat, and I think if we matched up with them in the finals, it would be a problem. I do. I think they match up decently well against us, especially in the areas that we would might be weakest in. I think our strengths and their strengths would counterbalance each other, and so I wonder how what that would look like. Um, so, but they have they've had issues on their side of things in the playoffs uh, in the East, and so I'm not confident that they can even make it to the finals out of the East. So that's why I went one notch below. Yeah, the East is tough. I, I still, I think the Bucks are still my favorite to come out of that conference, but it's neck and neck between those two. I would probably put them Goodwill Hunting right on the verge of Larry Bird territory because I, I do think if they can figure it out with Porzingis and still be a top ten defense, they're going to be a damn difficult team to defend. Um, just having Tatum and Brown alone—that's two really good offensive threats. Porzingis could give them a different look in terms of having another offensive hub on the perimeter or inside. So for now I'm putting goodwill hunting just cause I still have questions about how their defense is going to look without two of their most versatile defenders there this year. To, to quote goodwill hunting, you don't know about real loss and Boston doesn't know <laughs> about real loss. And I'm going to put them in that I'm category. Because if the Suns meet them, what the fuck they're going to know about real loss. What do you mean so, they right? don't know about real loss? someone close to you ever died, you've never, you've never lost. championships. Like, they don't understand what it's like to go through yeah. the, the the pain that we've been through here in Phoenix. The angst, the crap that we've gone through. The fact that Larry O'Brien has never called Phoenix home. Well, the that's, trophy. I don't know if the former commissioner ever did, but the trophy fair. has. It. I feel like they've lost more finals than we have, but I yeah, get your point. Yeah, I get your they have point. banners, though, so they don't have to worry. <laughs> okay, we lost one, but we got 17 more to look at. We lose one, you know what we got? Jack Nada. shit. All right? It's turned into such a depressing <laughs> segment. Oh, my goodness <laughs> I was like, how much are you afraid of the Celtics? And he's like, you don't know pain. <laughs> I... Honestly, though, I'm not afraid of them that much because I think they will learn what loss is if they face the Suns in the finals. Espo, it's not your fault. It is my fault. <laughs> it's, it's not your it fault. Is. It's okay. It's not your fault. It's okay. Um, I also am goodwill hunting. I think there are still some question marks, but they're going to be good. That was Brian in the chat. It's not that was good. Fault. He said, it's not your fault. I was like, oh, yeah, that's from goodwill hunting. <laughs> Good movie, by the way. Yeah, All right. Uh, moving on from our Boston conversations. You guys, guess what? We finally got a little bit more information about the infamous We Don't Double Team and Open Gym <laughs> drama that oh, happened finally. forever ago. I've been waiting. We finally yeah. got it. How much credit do you think you deserve for double teaming him in that practice? We're, we're playing to 11. The guy has like the first nine buckets of the game. I'm like, yo. It's a close game. I'm not trying to get off the court. Like I get it. Some some guys might not care about winning in pickup. Like I want to win. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, it was just second nature to me. And then the next thing I know, it's like the shit is going viral and fucking everybody's <laughs> like Kobe's talking about like what he would do. I'm like, oh shit, this is this is a real conversation. And then I go to uh, I'm at Nobu in, in Malibu like the next day and who do I bump in right away? It's like D books in there. And he's like, he's he's like, like weird. Like, so what's up? Yeah. Is he looking for the double team? He's like, what the f Here it comes again. It was a great clip. He said awkward. <laughs> It'd been funny if uh, him and whoever he came with ended up running over the Devin Booker and double teaming. And <laughs> Listen, I, I that's kind of what my take was. I thought like this must have been like the game was on the line. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, and the fact that he, 
he had nine of the first 11. Like, yeah, yeah that's, I'd have double teamed him too. Like, that's, you, I mean, like, like if, for instance, have, have, you've played pickup before mm -hmm. and one dude is just going off and dude after dude is trying to guard him and they can't. And so you're like, bro, I'm not trying to lose this game. And so if I see it in the corner and dude's about to make a move, I'm going to go run over there because dude can't guard him. <laughs> like, yeah, somebody's going to do that. And it's like Joachim said, is, it, it, Joachim said, it was instinctual. It wasn't purposeful. It's not like they planned it out and they were like, hey, two slash, let's go. You yeah. know, like they didn't call a fucking play. They just did it. And yeah. so for that reason, I'm cool with it. If a guy is running over because he doesn't have confidence in his teammate to guard the guy who's going off that, okay, I could see that. I just felt the whole I, the whole conversation, the way it blew up, always blew my mind because yeah. I did not think it was that big of an issue. I personally have never seen a double team in pickup, and I don't think that, like, you can't, you can call Joakim Noah try hard or whatever you want, but he likes winning. That's cool. You can say Devin Booker doesn't care about winning because he's trying to work on his game and you know, reacted the way he did to double teams, but like he is trying to work on his game and I'm sorry, I just don't see doubles in pickup. So that's cool too. I, I never understood why it was such a big deal either way. Flex has got it right. He said, I'm definitely double teaming him. I'm not sitting in the gym for two hours. Fuck that. Yeah. That's true. Okay. You lose, you gotta sit. No question. Do you guys recall Joe Kim taking more heat for this or book taking book. more heat? Because book I took, took yeah. Mm -hmm. Like I know that that he 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 was like, Yeah, people started talking about it like Kobe this or wouldn't have done that or whatever. I was like, but I don't recall him really taking that much heat for it. If anything, it was Book who took it the was load book. of it. I think he learned from that though. I mean, he, look, it was a it was a comment in her in her open run. I get that he was working on his game, but now I think Devin Booker in this current day and age would be like, screw it. I dropped nine out of 11 already on you. I'm going to end the game no matter how many guys you mm. throw at me. And I think that's just a learning process. I'm sure he was even embarrassed that that went out there like that. Like, and whatever, man. Jo the fact that they're still talking to Joe Kim Noah <laughs> about this is ridiculous. Like that you're asking him. This guy played how many years in the league, was great at Florida, and the question you go to is, hey, so that double team thing with Devin Booker in a summer, what about that? You know, like it just seems like, why are we still talking about this, right? Because it gets brought up all it's the time. Stupid. The whole thing is infamous at this point. I mean, if we had Joe Kim Noah on our show, that would probably but, be the number different. one question. But yeah. we're a son's podcast. I feel like people would still ask, like, what are you going to talk to Joe Kim Noah about at this point? In his but, no. But no, losing but, with the Bulls, but, losing with the Knicks. Yeah. But I also feel like. Again, if you're not in the gym in that moment and seeing what is happening, see, we didn't have the context of book dropping nine straight points and and like two more, and you you gotta get off the court. So yo yo Kim's like, yo, I'm not I'm not trying to lose this game. Like, yeah, I I totally get it, and I also understand book's perspective where he is trying to work on his game. He wants to be able to work on certain things. Cool, but you shouldn't have torched us for nine straight. Now we gotta fucking take matters into our own hands now, man. <laughs> like. That's just how it is out there just, on the court. Just be worse, man. <laughs> I mean, it does make me yeah, feel a little shoot. bad for him. Like, if if you're on the receiving end of getting your ass whooped by book He's nine straight it, points, though. like, like, bro, I'm sorry, <laughs> book, but I'm double teaming you. He's of all time. He Why are you throwing to burn the whole shit <laughs> down today? So much hate oh, my God. <laughs> he's just like, he's, he's in ever, a spicy mood. You ever, you ever just like, 
we'll watch sometimes like one of us kind of like we're we're just like maybe a little emotional or a little erratic and little you're like sassy. man i hope they don't say something stupid that's gonna get us canceled <laughs> that's how i feel right now about espo hold on <laughs> me me saying joe kip noah played for some teams that lost in particular know, when he's in that's new just, york that's is just, gonna get us canceled? You're, you're just on uh, got a you, lot further just in the one of a couple steps <laughs> I agree. By the way, Brian, no, the Raptors mascot has not commented on anything, <laughs> but maybe we can get him on the show. All right. Chicken. Anybody get the joke? Did you guys get the joke? I got the yes. joke. Yes, <laughs> Gerald and Emma. Evolution jokes. Yay. <laughs> Yay. As was on the ta- on board. Hooray. Saul is not. Saul is not. He's firmly entrenched in um, no Our friend Leaking Ball sent us a super chat. Thank you so much, Leaking. Appreciate you. Said the Celtics in crunch time, their offense daggers. So having Porzingis. To get the ball inside with a mismatch, but it's all about Tatum. Hashtag bleed green. Um, listen, this is the way to be a fan of another team and still come in to the chat here on a Suns podcast. Laking's a real Laking, one. you are top notch. He's mm-hmm. always been a real one. He's in everybody oh, else's yeah. chats. Mm-hmm. He's always like he's a diehard basketball fan. Yes. And that's why I love him about him. And you bleed green, but you are still super cool to be around yeah. and you're super cool to have in the chat so thank you liking for your super chat and for being here we appreciate you you guys got a pick of the week for us today on the DraftKings sportsbook app what you guys put some money down on oh you know uh <laughs> the hawkinson the the I'm blanking on his name right now. The, TJ Hawkinson. Thank you from the, the Vikings, Minnesota Vikings tight end, tight end. <laughs> I, I believe he's over under four and a half uh, receptions in their game this weekend. Hit the over, hit it hard. Uh, this guy has been catching balls like crazy. Made me 180 ducats uh, last week catching the first touchdown in that game. So take that to the bank. Uh, you could also, hey, listen, I'm going to be a little optimistic for both Arizona teams. I think ASU is going to cover the spread. They're going to lose because they're playing USC. Mm-hmm. But they're going to cover the spread. And U of A is going to win, but uh, and they'll also cover the spread. All right, so, there you go. There Those you are go. two picks what? of the week for the DraftKings Sportsbook app for you guys. The ASU spread's got to be like 40, right? No, <laughs> I think it's USC. like 20-something. <laughs> uh, DraftKings also has a really cool special for you guys. Right now, if you bet $5 on baseball, you you can score $150 instantly in bonus bets. So what are you waiting for? Make sure you download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now and use that promo code PHNX. New customers can score $150 instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on baseball. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with that code PHNX. The crown is yours. Here we go, guys. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccp.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort KS. Licensee partner, Golden Nugget, Lake Charles, LA. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. See dkng.co slash baseball for eligibility terms and responsible gaming resources bonus bets expire seven days after issuance eligibility and deposit restrictions apply okay there we go it's like a seven out of ten no, can one a, of you do it next six. time well, sure can we, one of you do it next we could make it a competition because i feel like it's just progressively getting worse and worse from the first time i did it yeah. so if that's a six then next time's gonna be like a three welcome oh. to my nightmare Lynn. I mean, that's also, a struggle. So the spreads at thirty-four and a half. 
Oh, wow. You think ASU is going to cover 34 and a half? No. They would have to win by, or they'd have to lose by less than 34. So 33 is doable. Yeah. 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 I I don't think they're going to lose by more than 30. God, if they do. (laughs) I'm just saying. That sounds ridiculous. Say out loud, but yeah. I don't think it that is, that will happen. It is Caleb Williams, and this is a team that just lost twenty nine nothing to Utah. Yeah, but so. USC's defense is utter trash. I mean, that's fair. Like hot garbage. Excuse me, it was Fresno with State. a capital yeah. G. Yeah. If you want bad. more PHNX, go to gophnx.com. There are written articles over there, and you can sign up to become a diehard. And by becoming a diehard, not only do you get access to exclusive content. And the exclusive diehard only Discord, but you also get a shirt of your choice upon signing up. You get discounts. You get it, um, all kinds of goodies. What are you shaking your head at me for? You lost. You you missed out on the biggest thing that happened today in the Discord. What? We got a we got a we got a a whole Discord of gorillas. Why do you oh, shake your right. head at me like I'm saying something wrong each time? I ask, can we just unpack this trauma that you put on me every time I, I do an ad read? I love to fuck and you with just you. shake your head like you said something wrong that's not correct. Like, why are you the way that you are, Saul Bookman? Because <laughs> I know you're thinking of it as you keep talking, what? and you're like, "What did I screw up? What did I screw up? What's going on? What do you it's have to say?" Such a brat. Oh, it's my way man. of interrupting you without having to verbally interrupt you. That's even worse. <laughs> That's like psychological mind games. I don't appreciate. Come be part of the. Come be part of the gorillas of the Discord. <laughs> they named it today. They did, uh, and oh I am all for gosh. it. Uh, we're gonna make some fucking merch out of that. It's going to be, be cool. fun. That'd yeah. Cool. So go phx.com for all the information. Become a diehard today. <laughs> oh, don't even start Espo. <laughs> and we have the revised uh, newsletters now. So my first yeah. son's one in the new format's going out later this Hey-o. evening. So you can find Keeping the link on our Twitter and sign up to get uh, Gerald's uh, quality. Work. Right to your inbox. All right. We I also, wrote once last week, so he did. we got another sure six did. months. We, have a super chat. <laughs> we do. We have a super chat from Leo said answer might be no, but I still got to ask. Shams tweeted that Buddy and the Pacers are working on a trade. Do the Suns have a chance, LOL? Not unless, no, they don't. Because four of their guys are on contracts that are like 30 million (laughs) or more. And then the rest are all at like two, one million. They're all veteran minimum deals for the most part. So let's get making that money work. 14 deal. Let's uh, figure out. Yeah, unless it's a multi-team trade and it just wouldn't make sense. Trade machine Tuesday. Oh, no. So, unfortunately, sorry to shut that down. But yes. Shut it sense. down, Daryl. Shut it down until Tuesday. Shut it down, Daryl. Shut it down until Tuesday. Shut it down. Reinvigorate life to trade machine Tuesday. Oh, no. I, I just feel I don't like, like I, this, uh, like, I feel yes. like <laughs> these magic fingers are going to bring back trade machine Tuesday. <laughs> My cough just seems to get it be getting worse oh, and worse gosh. and worse. <laughs> I just really hope that I don't get sick oh, next God. week on Tuesday on accident. <laughs> You're the worst. <laughs> Am I? Yes. Am I? Yes. Of all of us here, am yes. I well, no, the worst? <laughs> anyway, in your we own do special have, way. We, <laughs> we do have a fun game that producer Emma put together for us to round out today's show. We are going to be building a Suns team with $15. So we've got to build our own dream team and we got $15 to spend. And for everyone listening on audio, here are the choices we have in the $5 range. We've got Charles Barkley, Steve Nash, Devin Booker, Sean Marion, and Kevin Durant. Should I read all of them and then yeah. we share or should we read go all the of list? them? Okay, fine. In the $4 selection, we got Amari Stoudemire, Kevin Johnson, Walter Davis, Chris Paul, Chris Paul and Jason Kidd. For $3, we've got Connie Hawkins, Dan Marley, Paul Westfall, Tom Chambers, Alvin Adams. 
$2 will get you Grant Hill, Jeff Hornacek, Mikkel Bridges, Stefan Marbury, Larry Nance. And for $1, you can get your hands on Rex Chapman, Eddie Johnson, DeAndre, and Jason Richardson, and Penny Hardaway. I hate you all for taking Frank Kaminsky out of the one dollar category. <laughs> he trolled us with death. Yeah, are you guys still your team? Um, listen, I, I think it, it goes without saying that this is going to be a, an easy win for Team Bookman. Um, okay, uh, I'm going ten dollars right off the bat. I'm taking Steve Nash and Devin Booker right there. Okay, okay. because oh, by by the way, this is only in their son's uniform. Like this, the, the yes. this team is only how they performed in their son's uniform. Mm. So KD as a son, not KD entire career or Shaq for that or moment. Shaq. Yeah, because mm. well, otherwise we should have had Bradley Beal on here instead of Rex Chapman. Yeah, right. Fine, whatever. I'm still doing it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. So the, so those are the two. I I can't see the sheet. All right. Uh, so I'm taking those two, and then I'm taking. Uh, let's just go with uh, Mikhail Bridges. I'm taking Eddie Johnson, and I'm taking DA. <gasps> okay. So, so you, you got, got $1 to spare? No, that's... Oh, yeah. Because yeah. you had 10. Yeah. Mikkel, 10 yeah. with Mikael Bridges, 12. 14. 12. Yeah. yeah. Okay. $14. Eddie Johnson and DA? I saved some money. Right. Look at that. All okay. right. Uh, Charles, the reason that Bradley Beal didn't make the cut is because he hasn't played a game yet yes. in a son's uniform. So you can't count what he's done as a son because he's done nothing as a son. So. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Um... I'm going to go – I know we're saying it's only in the Suns uniform, but I have uh, I have big aspirations for this guy this year, so I, I don't care. I'm taking Book and KD off the top, and then I'm going to take Mikhail Bridges and Grant Hill and then DA. Nobody's scoring on this team. Book's running the point. We're going to score a lot of points, hit a lot of threes, and defend a lot of positions. I like that group. Well, in my scenario, Mikhail Bridges is averaging 40 because Steve Nash is going to find him. So, so mine, uh, kind Those of a combination of what both of you did. I want Marion and Booker for ten bucks, mm-hmm. Mikhail for two, Grant Hill and Penny Hardaway okay. for one apiece. I think that that lineup in today's game, running uh, switchable and length, you're gonna have uh, you're gonna have a pretty impressive run. There. And this is where this is where, as a son, comes to play a factor. Because if you took Penny Hardaway, prime Penny Hardaway, yeah. hell yeah, that's a steal. He should, a dollar, the, hell yeah. he should be on the $5 line. But Penny Hardaway it was not the same player when he was here. So yeah. nobody can have was him for still capable. So at $1 and putting him at your point there, up and down you the can, court. I think you could make it work there. And then the Kinda defensive cuts. length and, and scoring you got elsewhere. You know, I think it works for Penny. Um, yeah, so I didn't realize this was just as a son, but I'll still stick with it anyway. I took Devin Booker and Kevin Durant from mm-hmm. the five dollar selection. Mikkel Bridges for two dollars, DA and Penny Hardaway for a dollar each. That's okay. my squad. Who's got Flex's squad? Because um, Flex is not on the show today, obviously, if you mm-hmm. hadn't noticed. Um, but he did want to participate. Mm-hmm. He must. Where did he put this? Flex. <laughs> Flex. On, where man. did you send us your page? He, he threw. He put it in Narnia. In Narnia. He, I think he put it in Discord. So I'm gonna go to the Discord. Here. Yeah. I'm a silly goose. I have it. Emma. Oh, oh my god. Thanks, Emma. Emma, you silly goose. <laughs> I know right. Um. So he took Penny Hardaway for one dollar, Devin Booker for five, Mikhail for two, Charles Barkley for five, and Da for one. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I think. Right. I think of us had some combination of Da Mikhail. Um, who didn't have DA? I didn't have DA. You didn't have DA. That's right. I went smaller. So yeah. I just like, I don't know. 
Part of me for $2 I, is a steal. The minute really that is. I saw this, I, I was like immediately, okay, I'm going to take Devin Booker and KD. Mm. And then when I looked at Mikel and I'm like, could you imagine if we had Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, and Mikel was still on this team? Like, Can we just stop? <laughs> no. It's too painful. Nope. <laughs> All right. I refuse to let it go. I mean, I'm over it, like in the grand scheme of things, but I'm just saying, like, if you want to play the what if game, it would be fun to play that one. That's 2026. All. We'll see him again. No. So who do you think won? Who do you think wins? Who picked the best team? I mean, we all think we picked the best (laughs) team. I'll I'll say this. I think Flex has a pretty solid squad Mm -hmm. in that. Uh, But it depends on, all these depend on what style of ball. Are we playing today's style of ball? Are we playing, if you're playing the 90s, you know, it's a totally Depends on what era you're in. Because in in that, in the 90s era, like Flex's team would be good. In this era, not enough shooting. And in the 90s, my team would get their brains freaking beaten in. But in today's game... A smaller lineup can work in, yeah. in a lot of ways. So. Yeah, in the nineties, half of these dudes are taking elbows to the head and they're not coming back. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Flex in the chat <laughs> said that the key with my team is I did it with fourteen dollars. So all yours was fourteen too, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So pay attention, Flex. I, I think we might. So you guys get eliminated immediately because you didn't participate correctly. <laughs> you have fifteen dollars. Now spend. she wants to play by the rules. You have. Yeah. You have fifteen dollars. Spend fifteen dollars to build your team. First of all, time out there, saucy McSausers. Okay, we're not going to do this where we pick one chicken nugget and five sauces. All right, and then talk to me about the fucking rules here. Okay, no, you have up to fifteen dollars. I spent fourteen. I was fucking frugal. Emma, put that graphic back up. Nowhere on this graphic did it say up to 15. It said build your own $15 dream team. Nowhere on this graphic did it say you couldn't. Lindsay's like, I spent $15, on 15 players. Like, it's all it's all just $1, 15 players. There's my 15 bucks. Listen, it's very rare that I could use the rule argument against any of you You can never use the rule argument because you always try to find a loophole in every single system. I had to take advantage of it when I was given the opportunity. Remember that time we drafted chicken nuggets and she... Listed every single McDonald's. Remember, remember, do you remember the time when I told you I haven't had chicken nuggets from anywhere not named McDonald's in like uh, over a decade, so I don't know, but you made me participate anyway? Let's let's blame that. You also were having a superhero (laughs) draft. Give me all the villains. You don't play by the rules. Thanos was right. He was. (laughs) No. He was. He was. But and with that we'll say goodbye thank you guys for joining us we appreciate you as always this wednesday i know i had to let it pause and breathe for a second uh this wednesday was a super fun one so we're glad you guys were here with us live to hang out together we will be back tomorrow um we'll see you guys at 3 p.m again like normal so plan to come hang out with us then until then you can give the show a follow on twitter at phnx underscore sons you can follow me at Lindsay Smith AZ. You can follow Saul at Saul underscore Bookman. You can follow Gerald at Gerald Borgay. And of course, you can follow Espo at Espo. Espo, take us home. After today, I just, I, I got nothing. Oh, <laughs> boy. Hey, yo, my lifestyle is retro. Tell the Phoenix Metro. Megas in control and he ain't never gonna let go. PHNX, though. Lindsay, Gerald, Espo. Saul, pass the ball. We here to turn up the tempo. 